It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. We have a new NBA champion. And to discuss all of that and more with me, uh, two very special guests. Our first guest is a comedian and friend to the show, Lauren Mitchell. And our second guest is a comedian friend to the show and host of Confederacy of Dunks, also available on Raptors Republic. It's Freddie Rivas. How are you both doing? Good. Great. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's start with the obvious. Uh, the Golden State Warriors took it uh, in six games, and it was pretty, uh, in my opinion, phenomenal. I think it was one of the best final runs we've seen in some time. I really thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, how did you both feel about this finals run? Lauren, let's start with you. Um, I thought it was fun. I kind of just like wasn't what I expected going into the like. I don't think any of us. No, I don't know. I was I <laughs> none was of seeing, us expected this. I was seeing a different. I thought maybe it was going to be Phoenix, Milwaukee again. Maybe I don't know. I didn't know. I thought Phoenix was going to be in there. Honestly, I thought they had it. Um, man, sorry to Chris Paul. You got to play basketball till you're fifty. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you have my to play till you win sorry yeah, bro my man's gonna be playing like an extra 20 years after lebron um so yeah. i thought it was interesting obviously like i don't know you guys both like don't like the celtics right we're all celtics haters here yeah. um uh but Wait. it's interesting i mean, no, i love it i hate the celtics sorry uh <laughs> it's it's interesting i mean i feel like if the celtics team if they were any other nba franchise i'd be uh-huh. like Go, go girls. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I unfortunately can't cheer for you. Yeah, that, um, that's what I was saying too. Like if they were in a different city, like if they were like the Cincinnati somethings or just yeah. like something else. <laughs> the Cincinnati sure. Celtics. Yeah, the Cincinnati <laughs> yeah. Celtics. It would just be better. Because they're like the Boston Celtics, this team is actually extremely likable. It's just that they're in Boston and we're biased Raptors fans that it makes it more difficult for us to get behind them. Yeah. Also, my understanding is like, I don't watch other sports really other than basketball, but my understanding for my friends who watch other sports is that it's like, fuck Boston across the board. 100%. So I was like, okay, I'm done to get on that <laughs> train. Yeah. It's like, it's like, fuck, it's like not, a, for me, it's not just fuck Boston. It's like, fuck new, like New England. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Like those, like those collection of states that I think mostly because they just, they win in every sport. So it's sort of like obnoxious. Yeah. Um, and I they agree. Ha- have a really oversized media. So everyone's, yeah. everyone's jealous basically. I think so. I think that's what it boils down to. Right. 
Yeah. Also, like, you know, sometimes they, like, close up on Celtics fans. You're like, mm, these people don't deserve to be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's definitely – I mean, there, there's a shady, gross history with, like, yeah. Boston Celtics fans. And, yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if it's. Uh, I feel like I'm just going for it. Is it if if it's my turn, I'm gonna yeah, say go get in there. Yeah, I'm gonna say that uh, certain elements of the run were really surprising to me. Uh, I picked Golden State uh, against Milwaukee as the finals, mm, so I guess not totally surprising. I just feel like they handled this season like. I mean, again, I don't watch uh, that many other sports, but like, you know, steal a boxing analogy. They sort of just were like, they kind of, I mean, I don't even know where my analogy is, but they like, they weathered the storm of the season. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they didn't care as much about having a great regular season record as like the Grizzlies or the Suns, Mm -hmm. but they were pretty damn healthy when it mattered the most. And yeah, I I I didn't necessarily think they were going to win. Um, I thought they were going to beat Boston, but uh, I also you know you know just think about being a Boston hater. The only team I picked Boston to beat was the Nets. So I was like, the Boston's going to smash the Nets. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, Philly might win. Totally wrong. Um, and I was like, Miami's going to win. And I was yeah, you know, obviously. Wrong. Yeah, I I did. I was hoping for like a Heat Suns thematic mm-hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> the sun is hot etc you're just here sure, for the march sure. you're just here for the heat i'd be there for for chris paul and and lowry just like basically settling the championship on like an arm wrestle at half court <laughs> the rest of the teams just crowd around and they're like go get him dad you know what i mean like yeah honestly um, yes next nba finals should be that we should pitch right? that <laughs> Or just like, what's that thing where like two people lay beside each other and then they like lift up their legs and like try and turn and like use their leg strength? Or maybe that's just a game I played with my brothers growing up. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm not I mean, sure who, is, who is the Chris Paul and who is the Kyle Lowry of the Rivas brothers? Uh, I, He's I got the fattest either. ass. That's the question. Yeah. She's well, we all have like basically disappearing asses. Like our. <laughs> We have like a never ending backs. Like it's just sort of like <laughs> very, very flat, non existent asses, which is you got uh, that t- you got that Taylor Swift ass. Hundred uh, percent. Probably why we have so many like knee and leg injuries, like just no no core strength. Um I will add though with the Warriors, I feel like I guess it, it's weird to say that I liked aspects of the Warriors winning because I feel like such a front runner. But um I always just enjoy any form of like a redemption story, which to me is different than like vengeance stories. Cause so mm-hmm. for, for me, like Chris Paul, uh, sorry, uh, Steph Curry and Draymond really had this kind of like vengeance thing. Clay, you know, I guess was hiding all this anger, you know, for after he won, but he really was super mm. injured and, you know, that's great. Not that he was injured, but that he, you know, over overcame, but I love Wiggins. They love that story. I love Gary Payton, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Poole, like as far as a culture thing. And, you know, no one's really talked about it, but I remember when the entire league was just trashing Otto Porter, uh, who became like a super proficient shooter. Uh, I remember him for Washington and, you know, with Beal and Wall and he was like a, like a, just a total, you know, waste of space. So I, I do like the, you know, Freddy? Steve. 
we lost Freddie. Uh oh. Did I? I, I must have went out. I don't know. For you how went long. out for for just like maybe ten seconds there. Just repeat your your last point. Steve Kumbaya Kerr. It was nice that a lot of people played a role. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, like I, I think you're absolutely right. Like I, I think what the Golden State Warriors have done so successfully, aside from just winning, obviously, was building around this core mm -hmm. with depth, but also really young players. Like it's kind of like the opposite of the Miami Heat, where really outside of Tyler Hero, that team's kind of old. And it, it narrows their window even more where now it's like their depth is young. There's possibility for even further growth with some of these players. And they've actually set themselves up pretty nicely for the future going forward. Like, I, I don't know if they could, I'm kind of jumping ahead with my question here, but I don't know if the, the warriors can repeat again, if Steph Curry has to score the way he had to score in this series. But I think if the rest of their depth, like Poole and Gary Payton, the second and all those guys can contribute more offensively, then I think they're going to be in great shape going forward. Also, they, you know, they have guys like Kaminga and, mm. and James Wiseman, like waiting in the wings. And like, we really haven't seen what James Wiseman is capable of at this point because of injuries. And I, I just think their future is extremely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I was like, we didn't even see like, I mean, of course we didn't see, but we didn't see like a lot of Kaminga minutes when he played really well, I think in the regular season for them as like a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think that's a good point that their bench, they're kind of like, it's, it's giving Raptors kind of like keeping your bench really young. And like yeah. Yeah. when it's, you can sort of see like, they don't really have the the vet depth of some other squads like you know Miami Heat's a good example like the Lakers are a, a bad example yeah. um, <laughs> but like uh yeah I think like young guns who who sort of play yeah that Steve Kerr sort of style of like yeah everyone is a role player even though we're building it around these three guys it's like you don't just get to show up to work and like not do what you're good at. And I think they're good at taking people who like on other teams, like Wiggins, I think is a good example of this. We're, you know, we're like expected to play these like big catch all roles. Like I think the Warriors and their organization has a really good way of like slotting people in and being like, this is what you do. And we need you to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you can do other things, but like try to focus on this thing you're really good at. Um which is like, I think takes the pressure off for some people. And then like you see allow someone like Wiggins to have, you know, to have talks about him being like finals MVP. Like, I don't think that was ever going to happen, but you know, you heard that sort of like, it's possible. He's been playing amazing, whatever. Yeah. Um, like after game five, people were like, Oh, if Steph goes cold and they win somehow, uh, it's going to be Wiggins MVP, which would just be so wild. I know it would have been kind of offensive to Steph. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just give this man. It was people were. I mean, you know, people make such like the media, like sports media is like, let's drum up some fucking drama or whatever. And yeah. I feel like that was one of the things where it was like Steph's never in Finals MVP. Is he really an all time great player? You're like, <laughs> yeah. What is this? I, yeah, I feel... it was a real ESPN. We need to sustain something for an additional two days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
kind I, of I feel like the 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 fakest narratives were um Wiggins finals MVP uh or or what's going on with Draymond's podcast like, <laughs> oh but, yeah that was two things where I'm like one. what I don't understand did you see um one of Draymond's uh post game interviews where somebody asked him if he was giving away uh potential like strategies on his podcast and he just ripped that interviewer apart just ripped that guy apart was just like do you really think i'm giving something away on my podcast do you really think they don't already know us inside and out like there's no way i'm actually giving away any strategic value on the podcast it it was wild i mean i think too though if for some reason they did lose and Boston won this, people would be ripping Draymond apart for that podcast. Not that that makes any sense at all, yeah. but because I think it's completely irrelevant to um, their winning. But yeah, people would have just totally ripped into him. Yeah. People, but he's like, and he knows it. He's like a classic NBA heel. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he courts that drama. He likes it. Like, you know, why would he get involved in the like clay thompson john morant shit app like draymond green just likes to insert himself and be like mm, you think i'm you think i'm a villain you think i'm a bad guy like let me talk my shit you know yeah i heard someone say that he immediately upon retiring is just going to like re- replace charles barkley and i'm like oh my god that's like the that's the most accurate thing i've ever heard mm-hmm. yeah he's draymond himself actually... up to do that yeah i'm gonna slide right in there freddie you're the first person i'm hearing say that but that sounds really possible right uh I, I mean i can't take credit for it it's one of the many podcasts i listen to so um i'm so sorry no that's that's fair no 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 uh, that's fair i mean i can't you really think barkley's gonna retire though no i think if anything they'll just like add draymond and there will be more fighting on live on live tv or like you know I mean? there'll be more <laughs> need, people they arguing need, they need a bit of fresh blood in their arguments mm-hmm. because i do think those guys are generally entertaining but their arguments get a little old like when when Shaq talks about how he has rings and charles barkley doesn't it's mm-hmm. like that is we have been having that conversation on tv for what feels like 20 years yeah like it, also, it needs some new life some of the greatest basketball players of all time do not have rings and some of the shittiest basketball players of all time do because yeah. they were just on a lucky team you know yeah. like it's one of those things where i think it's interesting to me as someone who like came into basketball like watching it in the last like 10 years or whatever that that's such a sticking point in like conversations about whether people are really great all-time greats or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah sometimes it's you know it's partially just being on the right team being in the right place at the right time you know totally it's it's one of the most like reductive types of conversations i think in in basketball like you know there's a lot i feel like there's a lot of like hero making and scapegoating but also you know the rings or nothing conversation i feel like really plays into that mm-hmm yeah, I mean, and speaking of reductive conversations, uh, <laughs> Lauren, let's sorry, do were you gonna one, say, yeah. let's do another one. Lauren, were you going to say something, though? No. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought maybe I cut you off for a second there. Uh, there's been a lot of, like, is Steph a top 10 player? And I kind of wanted to avoid this topic. Also, I kind of touched on it a bit in my last episode. But I feel like everyone's having it, and I'd be remiss if I didn't. 
how do you feel this alters or catapults Steph Curry's legacy? Um, Freddie, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question. I feel like when you think about legacy, because you know my I guess knee jerk reaction is yeah, of course he's in you know the top ten. Like he he's got to be there. But um, you know I just pulled up like a these are like older lists, but the top like fifteen players, top ten players are absolutely absurd, and mm-hmm. I think um. You know, it seems like Steph's belongs there, but also you really got to be a student of the game and then uh, at the same time kind of like leave space for different eras. Mm -hmm. So that's always tricky to me. Uh, But, you know, as far as like my kind of like quick reference points, uh, I have him like right, you know, definitely in like Kobe Shaq territory who seemed to be like, I'm just looking at some, you know, of the like when Bill Simmons first did like the Pantheon list, it's uh, Jordan, Russell, Jabbar, Johnson, Bird, Chamberlain, Duncan, Bryant, uh, West, Robertson, Elijah, O'Neal, Malone, uh, Havlicek, and and Baylor as like the top fifteen, and then you know that's been updated. Durant made his way into the top fifteen. So where does Steph sit in the amongst those guys? Like, I think he certainly belongs, but. Yeah, it's hard. I feel I feel like you got to parse through it. Um, I guess you know if if a sort of like gun to my head, I would say he is in the top ten because I do feel like I I lean towards the NBA as a product getting better and better and better every year and mm. being more competitive. So I think the accomplishments are harder um, now than they ever were. So in that sense, you know, four rings, you know four rings like and also like six finals appearances is absolutely ludicrous but um yeah it puts him right there like i don't know if he like that means he passes Shaq or what but he's close yeah lauren what do you think yeah i mean i think when you think about like the modern era of basketball like you think about steph curry like probably Mm -hmm. the same level as people think of lebron you know what i mean um i think he's like up there in terms of if you went outside of basketball who do people know you know like if you're if you are a very casual or sort of a non-watcher of the NBA like people know who Steph Curry is you know and whether that's like partially just his wife having an influencer sort of lifestyle or whatever but I think that you know there's people who sort of transcend the sport and I think Curry is one of them Mm -hmm. um I mean, he comes from a family of NBA players and he's the only one really that has, has done that shit. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think just in terms of like legacy, I don't know when people are like, Steph's one of the greatest players to ever do it. Like, I don't, I don't see how you could argue with that. Right. Like just in terms of the change, the impact he's made on, you know, how the game is played, how other teams and players approach and play the game. Um, He's, fun to I don't even like Steph Curry is like a swagless man with Pinterest tattoos like (laughs) if he was slightly less good at basketball we'd be clowning him all the time but yeah he's an amazing basketball player like like I don't know man he's kind of a dork so like that I feel like the fact that the basketball skills like wash out the dork vibes (laughs) um is a testament to to how how great yeah, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. You know, I would argue that he is like 
And I'm I would, not even like, yeah, I'm not a huge like, yeah, Steph's not someone, and I just like watching him play. He's not like one of my all time favorite basketball players, but if you ask me if who's like the some of the greatest to ever do it, he's up there, I think. I wish you were in the room with like the commissioner and whoever else <laughs> <laughs> puts these like official lists together and we're like, hey man, this guy's a dork and he's still pretty awesome. That gives him an extra notch. No, I think what's so interesting about Steph's like career and legacy is just um, he has such greater impact beyond the stats right like i mm-hmm. i think like it, it's kind of like a similar argument where like okay like alan iverson his impact was beyond just the basketball itself right there was mm-hmm. a cultural impact mm-hmm. and i think steph has this combination of really great numbers really great achievements really great stats and this cultural impact and i think that is what is catapulting him into this top 10 conversation just the sheer fact that you can't deny how much he's influencing basketball right Mm -hmm. now and i think you know there's still time i mean if he wins a fifth then it's like you know now you're entering in a whole new conversation and so on and so on so i find his his career and his legacy extremely intriguing because he has this like combination of both that that very few players have and i also think and this is going to be a bit shady of me I think this, like, I think LeBron James and Kevin Durant are both looking at this like, goddamn, because yeah. it, it kind of like he is. I'm not going to say he has surpassed them, but it's happening. It's in motion, and I think Kevin Durant, with everything going all the way wrong in Brooklyn, I think this this hurts how we will see his career. Um, going forward and also with lebron james i mean lebron james is an all-time great and i'm not going to debate that Mm -hmm. but i do think like our kids i guess my question is because i don't have a real answer to this but my question is are kids playing basketball wanting to be lebron or are kids playing basketball wanting to be steph because kids came up wanting to be kobe right there was that era where everyone wanted to be kobe and now there's this era where everybody wants to be Steph. And I feel like there's just like this really small window now where everyone wanted to be LeBron. And it's not as big as you would think it would be. Yeah, LeBron, I feel like is almost, I think it's interesting. LeBron's like almost more of a workhorse. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not that you can see that it's hard for him because LeBron makes incredibly difficult stuff look easy peasy. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I think there's the, like, and again, like, I don't think Steph is a cool guy. I actually don't really <laughs> think LeBron is that cool either. Like, maybe in, like, a certain era, but LeBron's definitely in his, like, dorky dad, like, aligning oh my himself God, with yeah. corporations era. <laughs> We're For like, sure. that's less cool. But I, I watched Space Jam too. Come on now. I did. I have, I have not watched it. It, uh, it. it would confirm what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I just, I do feel like, and I'm not a child, I'm a 36-year-old woman, and I've, I can't, I can barely put the ball in the hoop, you know what I'm saying? But um, I do feel like there's something cool about the shooting, and I think, you know, I think we're in an area, of, an era of, like, offensive basketball being... Mm-hmm like scoring being super important, like where you score from, sort of how cool it looks. Um and so I think my guess would be that like 
in terms of people emulating someone, in terms of kids like playing on the court, like emulating someone, my guess would be that they're emulating someone like Steph, if not like someone like, you know, John Morant. But I don't think, I do not think the children are trying to be LeBron, but he yeah. is also older than me. So well, <laughs> I, I always feel like with that too, it's sort of like a style thing. You know, people look mm-hmm. at like Jordan or kobe or steph and they're kind of like oh my god like fade away and like i can hit this crazy shot but i think if a kid looks at like Shaq or lebron they're like oh so just be like a colossal yeah seven two six eight monster <laughs> yes extremely strong large man yeah <laughs> just breathe fire amongst regular mortals is sort of like i don't know where it's like i think a kid sees steph and they're like oh i could do that he's like but you know even steph and nash are like quietly like six three you know so it's not like they're small but yeah i I think that's you know i see a little bit of that with Giannis, right um you know he's Mm. dominating the league right now and i think people are sort of like i don't want to say bored with him but i think they're 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 not really rating his accomplishments because there's this idea where it's just like oh well you know, it's easy if you just like dunk on people's souls. Um, whereas I think like someone like <laughs> Steph is like, that's hard. Look at that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I do think people are bored of Giannis. And yeah. he's a boring guy in a boring town, you know, but he's very sweet and lovable. <laughs> but he is, right? No, I you're mean, right. He, he is. He, he's like a young dork, you know? Yeah. Like, He's totally yeah. like, like just and, like, a, and an unapologetic dork. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. we have to respect that about Giannis. I, yeah. Can I, can <laughs> yes, I just say do. I'm definitely team dork. I've always been like, I've always liked that. Like, you know, LeBron and Duncan and Curry uh, and Giannis are like these kind of like team guys uh, versus someone who's like uh, a mean leader. Like, uh, you know, I've, the, one of my most unpopular opinions is that I think, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler has always given me kind of like high school bully vibes. Like he's the like the good looking bully uh, who's kind of just like this guy's so cool. And he's uh, but then, you know, you see him be mean to like the nerds and you're like, oh, shit, he's really hot. Like, what do I do here? Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Whereas I think like Steph is like encouraging Jordan Poole and like, mm-hmm. you know, Giannis is like like whatever like i i love middleton who's also boring um you know what i mean so i it's i don't know there's this weird there's this weird thing where i feel like it's they're not very they're not the most like marketable in some ways like lebron's obviously you know doesn't really fit into that category because he also is marketable but mm-hmm. um yeah i think emulating steph makes sense if you're a kid on a playground emulating lebron is just like uh you know can you give me some growth hormones? Like, yeah. how do I get this done? Can I be yeah. 10 feet taller? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was talking to uh, Leonard Chan, who's been on this podcast before, and we were t- talking about uh, Jeremy Lin, and he was telling me about, like, how, you know, every Asian kid wanted to be uh, Jeremy Lin as opposed to, like, Yao Ming for the exact same reason. Like, right? you can't dream of being Yao Ming the way yeah. you can dream of being Jeremy Lin. So, yeah, it's very that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I just think we're going to be hearing this conversation around Steph Curry for a long time. And I just think the fact that, like, he has entered this stratosphere is just very uh, intriguing. And I hope ESPN doesn't 
uh, exhaust us. <laughs> oh, I'm sure <laughs> they, they will. They will. They will. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure Perkins and, you know, Dream on Green will get into it and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Steve Kerr was comparing Steph Curry to Tim Duncan, not in, I, the, uh, I love in their comparison. personalities. And I actually think that's pretty, I mean, he obviously worked with both of them, so he yeah. would be the person to to do that. But yeah, I think that's really on par. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I was excited to see the Warriors win. As a Raptors fan, I was happy to see Clay Thompson win. Yeah, I was happy same. to see this team come back. Like, I maybe I have different feelings about the the Raptors championship. Obviously I loved winning a championship. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong, but I did have like a tiny bit of guilt around it. Just the way that team collapsed uh, at the very end there. So I don't yeah. know to me, it's nice to see them come back and it's actually, it's quite remarkable how fast they were able to turn this around. Yeah. Considering clay did not play like the first half of mm -hmm. the season mm -hmm. like yeah i think freddie to your point initially was that like they didn't really give a shit about having the most wins in that season they were like let's figure this out let's work it out let's see what we can do with what we got before maybe we get clay back maybe we don't and they just went into the finals like completely except for steph a bit but they went in like basically and no because oh yeah and poor peyton um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. trounced trounced by saga man's dylan brooks <laughs> <laughs> i know dylan brooks it was I like come that. on man <laughs> we need we need one like evil canadian other than tristan thompson so i'm glad that like dylan brooks is like he, like he's like it's my turn <laughs> two evil canadians it's so yeah. funny um uh yeah so like you know they yeah to your point they were healthy when it mattered and when it matters is like if you can sort of make your way into the the conference and see how it goes right like phoenix and miami both had the best respective records in the regular season and that did mean dick shit when it came down to it <laughs> yeah i i don't know if i've ever heard dick shit so like, <laughs> it works sorry um, just yeah. making up new swear word comments I, I love it a lot. it's fine it's fine um okay what do we think boston and golden state need to do to make it back to the finals next year. Let's start off with Boston for a bit. Uh, Freddie, what do you think? I would say, you know, sort of continuing on the, the same type of conversation we, we've had, but I'd say like just about nothing. Um, both those teams are really organic. Uh, you know, as someone who loves to criticize Boston, I think I made fun of Danny Ainge a lot for not using his trade assets to get Kawhi or Butler or Paul George over the years, but not breaking up Marcus Smart, Brown, and Tatum is clearly the long view here. And, you know, they have so many other good role players. Uh, you know, Time Lord's incredible. Like, they, they really are set up to be a fantastic franchise for a very long time. I think I think I heard the other day Marcus Smart's 28. So if that's like the oldest part of their core, my goodness, like they're, you know, because I, I feel like it's fair to say that Al Horford is like a very valuable role player at this point. So he's not like instrumental. Yeah, you know, my, my argument, my only argument there is that I think Al Horford might be a little too valuable to what they do considering that's fair. his age. Like, I just don't know 
who Al Horford will be a year from now. And that might be a concern for them going forward. But otherwise, I completely no, agree. You're absolutely right. They are very set up for the future. Yeah. And like all they need to do is sort of just like double down on what they're already doing. So I think they're, you know, if I had to pick right now, uh, I'd say they're definitely like, if not the favorite to win the East, like one of them. Um, you know, but it's a it's a really it's a league that's experiencing more parity than ever, right? Do they mm-hmm. beat the Bucks if Middleton doesn't get injured? I don't think so. So I don't know. I, I feel like they they're gonna need to have health. They're gonna need to, but yeah, like just as far as doing what they're doing, them and the Warriors just like basically carry on. Yeah, um, Lauren, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I honestly think it's both teams to lose, like if neither of them make it to the top of the Eastern and Western conferences next year, like you fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think anything in the league is going to change incredibly between now. I mean, like, I don't know. Do you guys foresee some like crazy shit happening in terms of like trades or whatever that would change things? I don't see it happening. I don't think there's enough on the table. I don't think that like, I don't know, maybe, maybe Brooklyn is going to really figure it out. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe Ben Simmons is going to play basketball again. Maybe he'll maybe. be less afraid of the ball, you know? I, I mean, I'm not a believer in the Nets per se, but I do think, I do think we're going to have a very active off season. And I think like Freddie said, there's so much parity in the NBA right now that I think small shifts can actually be a lot bigger than you think. Like, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I I, want to say more, but I don't want to step on what I'm going to talk about in terms of the Raptors, but yeah, I think both these teams are in good shape to, to make it to the finals next year. I mean, Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about Phoenix. Like that is one of the more Epic collapses. My God. I've seen. And, and I don't think they're going to make it all the way back. I, I really don't. So I think they're out of it now. I think the Grizzlies will make a, another leap, you know, yeah. now that they have more experience under their belt. Agreed. The Timberwolves could even look better than they did this year. Like there's just so much that could happen. I think small moves are going to be, are going to be big moves um, this off season. Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, I totally agree. Sorry. I was going to say DeAndre Ayton should come play for the Raptors. <laughs> well, well, speaking speaking of which, let's move on to our Raptors Homer moment. So we're okay. We've got somebody sneezing Sorry. in the background. No, that's my okay. poor my poor roommate has the worst seasonal allergies. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh okay let's move on to our raptors homer moment here and we have you know free agency coming up uh i'm going to talk about the draft next week just as a a programming note i don't preview the draft i recap it because that is better for me i think there's just people who preview the draft who are much better at it than i am so i will recap the draft next week and talk about that and what that means for the Raptors. Uh, but for now, I want to kind of preview free agency a bit. Both Chris Boucher and Thaddeus Young are free agents. Do we think we are re-signing them? Or if not, where do you think they go? Uh, Lauren, let's start with you. I think it's tough. I mean, I don't know about that. He's getting up there. Um, I don't know. I, if I was him, I would maybe try to stay in Toronto and just like, lean into that vet role and like 
work with a young team of guys who seem to really like him and really trust him and really want to learn from him. Like, I mean, he might try to go somewhere else because you're at the end of your career. You want to, you want to win a chip. Like again, sort of what we were talking about, like moving where you could, where you could walk away as an NBA champion. Like not saying that I don't think, you know, who knows what happened? Like Scotty Barnes, he's going to win an NBA championship and it's going to be with the Raptors. Mark my words. Um, Hell yeah. So like, I don't know if I was, it's hard for me to say because you guys, I'm not an NBA player, but um, yeah, like I think there's like two ways. Like he could try to go to a team that he thought was going to win a chip to be a role player there, or he could just sort of live out his, the, the last years of his career on the Raptors, which I actually think would be really beneficial for, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Boucher's interesting. Um, I like Chris Boucher. I wish, I would hope he would stick around, but I also understand that he's been playing some really good ball and we could use him as a trade asset. You know what I mean? There's probably other teams that want a tall guy that can like really block some tough shots and, you know, make like an important impact in like difficult times in a game and like come off the bench and, and be a good bench guy you know what I mean and then maybe also he wants he doesn't want to be a bench guy anymore maybe he wants to go somewhere he where he could play more of a big role because we're clearly building around like Pascal Scotty Freddie like we're building we are doing the Golden State thing we're building around a core right so mm-hmm. I, I mean I think it's interesting like I'm interested to hear where you guys think like what you think what happened with Boucher yeah, I mean, I'll I'll jump in and I'm basically, you know, going to echo what you're what you're saying, uh, Lauren. And I think, um, obviously, the market is going to dictate some of this, but I do feel like just kind of judging from Masai and Bobby's track record, to go get a guy like Thaddeus Young, I think sort of indicates that they plan to keep him. And, you know, before that, he was just sort of like languishing on San Antonio's bench. So I'm not really sure where his value is. Like, so I I would kind of guess that he is going to resign with the Raptors for like a pretty cheap, you know, friendly price and play some version of like our Marcus Gasol role. But um, yeah, so I think Thaddeus Young's coming back. Chris Boucher, I... If I had, again, if I had to guess, I would say is also coming back because I feel like the Raptors don't have enough money to get someone better um, than Chris Boucher. And it's sort of a thing where they, you know, like I think, yeah, like I think Chris is the one who's on, uh, I'm a bit more on the fence because I feel like if some team has looked at him over the last couple of years, you know, for the Tampa Bay Raptors, uh, you know, to have some massive games, like 30, 30 points and like 19 boards and like four blocks. Like he's had some monster performances and then also struggle at the beginning of this year and find this role as like this, like hardcore hustle guy who really contributes to winning. Like he had the best plus minus on the team uh, throughout the whole year. So, you know, Chris is contributing to like winning basketball, so I think if there's a really smart team out there, they'll grab Chris Boucher. But I don't know. It also seems like teams haven't really, you know, they haven't really grabbed good Raptors players. And it's almost like I I, I don't quite get it. I, I hope that it stays that way. 
I remember when Fred was a free agent, it was shocking to me that, you know, Phoenix and New York and Detroit and all these places that should have paid Fred. Um, like it was very, like, you know, simple that they should have paid him. They just didn't. And, you know, we were able to get him for like a really, really good contract. So I would, I guess, you know, I feel like that's going to continue with Chris, but, um, yeah, maybe there's some really smart team out there that nabs, uh, Boucher, but I, I feel like they're both coming back. Yeah. I think, okay. I think they both want to be in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll entertain other offers, but mm-hmm. I think they both genuinely want to be in Toronto. However, I do believe it's a little conspiracy hat, maybe a bit, but I do Ooh. believe that the Raptors are in active DeAndre Ayton talks. And I think, OG? and I, th- there could be a sign and trade situation as part of one of their, or both of their free agencies. I think it would have to be a multiplayer deal. I'm just saying it's, it's definitely a conversation. It has been reported that the Raptors have been involved in these conversations. I think it would be crazy for the Raptors not to be active in those conversations. I know DeAndre Ayton, there's been some, you know, personality conflicts in Phoenix, but also, you know, they didn't want to sign him and maybe he shouldn't be so salty about that. But there was also like weird, like, racist vibes that were happening in association with that too that i would hope to god under Masai would never happen here so i think it i don't think he's such a toxic person that he couldn't thrive in toronto and mm-hmm. i believe the raptors probably feel that way also and it would be silly to not really try and gun for him not that you would trade everything away for him but i just think as much as chris boucher as much as i love chris boucher and Thaddeus Young probably want to be here and would sign here. I just think there's other conversations happening above and beyond that. Yeah. I think Aiden seems like a genuine, I don't think he like, he does not give me like toxic guy vibes. I just think like, yeah, vibes in Phoenix are down bad due to the <clears throat> Sarvers being horrible racist pieces of shit. And like, yeah. um, they like, he was an integral, integral part of their run to the finals in 2021 and the fact that they didn't pay him handsomely for that and the fact that they were being shitty about it i mean if i was him i'd be trying to find somewhere that did not have those specific <laughs> vibes 100 <laughs> percent. yeah there's definitely it's given me kind of like uh you know some vibes like when when minnesota really undervalued kevin love Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't pay him. And he was just like, okay, well then when the time comes, I'm like, I'm ready to go. And I can contribute to a winning team elsewhere. Like I, I don't really understand why people are so, or like, I guess like league wide, like I don't really get the Deandre Ayton stuff. Um, he he's a really like a yeah cool he's, guy. He's a nice a guy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He's a winner. He can play defense. He's a good center. He's a first overall pick. Uh, yeah, he, the first time he ever went to the playoffs, he made it to the finals. Uh, and, you know, I totally agree with you, Catherine. I feel like we're we're trying to improve this team, um, you know, uh, as much as we can. So I think, you know, Masai and Bobby are entertaining offers. Uh, I feel like my, my sort of caveat is I, I don't think Fred, uh, OG, Pascal, or Siakam are on the table in any regard, nor should they be. 
but I, I think that there might be some, there might be, you know, like I, I think the other day uh, there was a rumor floating around where it was like Kem Birch, Gary Trent. Uh, and I think, Lush again in the middle of your juicy rumor. <laughs> I'm back. I think okay. I'm back. Okay, start again. You you're ta- you you said Gary Trent. Oh Kemper, yeah, just like and... I saw like a uh, a rumor floating around that uh, you know that it could be a combination of like Kem Birch and um, Gary Trent. Uh, you know, I... Birch had a rough year, but. Um, Okay, I, I don't know if I'm if I'm going in and out, or you guys are giving me like pensive faces. No, you're you're going in and out, but I think we've caught it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just cap it at this. There are some rumors with Kem and Gary, and I feel like the Raptors would entertain those for sure. Yeah, that would suck for Gary. I feel like Gary loves Toronto. Oh, hundred percent. Like I, I, I think Gary is. Yeah, I think Raptors fans really want to speed up the process of yeah. what's going on, which is it makes sense. But I think that's not I think that's not what Masai and Bobby do. I feel like they're going to let this stew. Mm-hmm. But again, if if a if a player like Aiton is truly available, then you've you you know probably try to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's move on to our Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week. And we actually have one. Can you believe that? We actually have yes. one. <laughs> uh, Nick Nurse, along with a company, I believe, or at least their handle is called Hoops by Noah, have collaborated to create a new shot tracking app. Oh, I thought this was going to be another hat. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> Every time you hit a shot, you get a hat. Oh, I have. I actually have. I own the Nick. I have a Nick Nurse hat. That is not shocking. But you know what's really bad about it? Nick Nurse, if you're (laughs) Nick Nurse isn't listening. I'm like, if you're listening, it doesn't have the little like um, adjustable thing on the back with like. So I can't put my hair through it. And like, I have big hair. So like, it doesn't really fit my head. Like it fits my head, but it doesn't fit my hair. So I, I, because I don't have that, like I'd have to flat iron my hair straight just to wear the hat. And that's a lot of work. Wow. That feels like, uh, that feels racial. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell yeah. him it's racial. What's, what's going on? I'm going to DM him right uh, now. Um, can you invest in a hat tracker, please? Uh, yeah, <laughs> hat tracker. Um, anyway, he's created this new app. Uh, they say it provides players the opportunity to capture the same in-depth analytics top-level coaches and scouts use to evaluate players. And then he actually said, we are looking for guys shooting with a 45-degree entry angle and then 11 inches deep in the rim. I don't really know exactly what that means. Sounds um, sexy to me. And then he just like... <laughs> <laughs> This is why it's a hottie highlight. And the, then, the, the most hottie highlight of them all. Yeah. <laughs> 11 inches around the rim? <laughs> that sounds like a good time. <laughs> it sounds like a slightly painful time. Anyway. <laughs> well, not with that attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah work, okay, Catherine? Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Shout out to everyone. <laughs> uh, so he has an app, and I just thought that was super interesting. And we've made it dirty, which is wonderful. 
Nick Nurse entering his tech bro era. At least he didn't do, unlike our good bitch Kyle Lowry, at least he didn't do a crypto commercial. Oh my God. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't age well, right? No, him, Steph, like whoever else. A lot of the guys were doing the like crypto commercials. And Ky- Kyle's like, check out crypto. It's about to crash. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you like to gamble and lose? Um, but uh, I mean, I feel like I've just I, I've sort of heard rumors about this, but I just I'm kind of like I've been hearing a lot recently just how much of a, a shot doctor Nick is. So it kind of makes sense with our franchise that he's like, yeah, go get this guy that has like wildly long arms because I'll be able to teach him how to shoot. Like it, it, if you look at all of our players, he's like, yeah, I don't care if they can shoot in college. doesn't matter. I'll teach he, them. He is known for this. So in his in his book. He talks about um, creating this thing that he calls the pill. It's essentially a basketball, but he has it marked differently. So you know, like exactly where to put your hands and and things like that. And and to help players, like to teach players how to shoot. And then I think he even sells it on his website or he did like this basketball called the pill. And it was like marked in a very like unique way. I love that it's called the pill. Yeah, I don't know why he called That's it. That's a pill. weird vibe. No. It's so it's also it also sounds very techy, doesn't it? It's a yeah. it's a very bro techy kind of thing. Introducing the pill, it's just a basketball. It's just yeah. it's <laughs> just a basketball with some sharpie marks on it. Yeah. Anyway, if you if if you Google it, you'll see you'll see what I mean. But yeah, so he is he is a bit of a shot doctor. Also, too, I mean, like I I haven't heard anybody talk about it specifically with Fred Van Vliet. But I've noticed that like the arc on his shot has gotten a lot higher and mm-hmm. he shoots more like really high off the glass and stuff uh, as a result of his height and yeah. things like that. And I feel like he has developed all of that with the Raptors. Yeah. So there you go. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> that brings us to the end of a very interesting episode. Uh, thank you both for joining me. Uh, Lauren, for our listeners, let us know where people can find you uh, on the internet and what you're up to. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at the, I don't know. I don't know how to point at it. Yeah. <laughs> My name, well, you guys, I'm <laughs> struggling. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Internet Lauren. And if you're in Toronto, you can come to our monthly show at the garrison you can see my roommate behind me we have fun as well <laughs> but yeah you can come to our monthly comedy show at the garrison um <laughs> uh it's usually like the first or second monday of the month i don't know man i post about it online follow me on twitter <laughs> <laughs> great and freddie uh how about you honestly same um yeah no not i don't run a show at the garrison but um you know follow me online at freddie revis i also do a podcast uh with you Catherine, the pickup a WNBA podcast check that out on the sonar network and um yeah my podcast uh confederacy of dunks on raptors republic uh shout out uh taylor mclean who just redid our our website so uh www.dunkspodcast.com uh, she did an amazing job. So thank you, Taylor. And um, yeah, thanks for having me, Catherine. 
Thank you. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter, or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled C A T H R Y N. Thank you again for tuning in this week. Uh, apologies for any internet issues or just random cooking sounds in the background. Um, I hope it made you hungry. Hope it wet your appetite. And we'll, we'll catch you next week. Okay, bye.